Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Welcome back to New York Talk. Thank you all for being with us. Uh, we have a loss, home loss to Luton Town to, pre- to review, not preview, the review. Um, and then we have champions elect Burnley coming to New York Stadium on Tuesday. Hell of a run of fixtures. We are in the middle of this is the championship. We will look back at that and uh, we'll go from there. Um, Mick is with us. How are you doing, Mick? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Thank you. you? Excellent. Yeah, I'm very, very good. Thank you very much. And Danny's back with us. How are you doing, Danny? I'm doing all right, thank you. How are you all doing? Oh, we're all very, very good, thank you. Good. Um, we're going to start with with the sad news. For, if, if, if a lot of people know, Kev Johnson uh, comes on our show quite a lot, uh, and obviously this morning he he sort of let the news out that his father sadly passed away. First of all, thoughts and love with Kev and his family. Um, really, obviously, really, really sad time for them. Uh, but what Kev's asked us to do and ask other people to do is to try and pass around to get a, on a 74th minute on Tuesday. If we can get a one minute's applause, I think we're going to try and get his, uh, his dad Dave's picture on the big screen um, and have a stand ovation. We'll, we'll do everything we can to pass around the notes to the message to the Burnley fans as well um, to get them involved. Um, but yeah, we just want to sort of try and get that going if we can. We'll, we'll put this sort of clip out on, on social media if you can all share it as well. So we can try and get the message out to as many other fans as possible. Like we know we've seen this with other things that how great the fans are at coming together at times like when we lose fans and lose people connect to the club. So I've no doubt that the Millers fans will uh, will get on board with this. And as we mentioned, thoughts, prayers, and love to Kevin and his family because uh, we can only imagine what you're going through. Unfortunately, this time. Uh, anybody, anything you want to add on that? No, I don't think so. I don't think you'd add much more, can you? Just uh, best wishes to uh, to Kevin and his family and. Uh, our thoughts are with him. Yeah, absolutely. Best to Kevin, his yeah. his family at a sad time. Absolutely. Um, right, let's move on to some football. A forgettable <laughs> New York Stadium. We have to start with the with the starting eleven, and we have to start with a lineup because this has really, really divided the opinion in terms of 
style and setup. Um, Mick, start with you. So when the team got announced at two o'clock, I honestly didn't know what was happening. Um, I could you could sort of work out maybe three at the back. Would we play two up top? Would, would we go three four three? It was it was quite confusing. Um, what's ended up happening is we went three five three five two back almost almost go back a little bit go back well, go back to the three five two be really nice and tight it was almost a five at the back um having said that um it resulted in a pretty good defensive display for 40 minutes um it also resulted in absolutely zero goal threat um what are your just initial thoughts on that change and that because I can see what you're trying to do I think I can see what you're trying to do but it it cost us laying any type of glove on Luton. Uh, what we're trying to do. <laughs> we're trying to be solid. I mean, defensively solid for the last four games. That is true. Absolutely rock solid defensively. So I, I, I don't understand. And 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 what's what what's happened is we've gone, we've changed the formation and then just started pumping the ball up long. So we put five men in midfield and bypass them completely and just keep pumping it up to front men. There's, there's no wonder there were no threat on goal. It, it's, I, I don't get it. I don't understand why you would change a system that has been working. I, I, I don't I don't get it. And, and you know, Luton are no different. I don't play much differently to, to a lot of the other teams that we've played, particularly in this last of the four games, you know. It, 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 I don't know. I don't. I don't get it. There, there will be a reason for it, and I'm sure. I'm sure the manager knows what that reason is. Um, however, we, we, we're in that cycle, aren't we? Again, uh, it would appear of playing really, really well for three or four games, creating lots of chances, and then we revert back to doing absolutely nothing. Not even. Not even bothering the opposition goalkeeper. It, it, I, I don't understand. I don't understand why why this happens. And it for me, it has to be something to do with tactics. It has to be something to do with the way that the management team are asking the players to play. I, I can't see any other reason for it. Um, not good. Not good at all. Um, and and uh, yeah, yeah. It just doesn't make any sense. My interpretation of the tactics was that he was trying to stay in the game for as long as possible. And to be fair. It worked really well. Up until the goal, it worked from a defensive point of view, it worked exceptionally well. They could not get through the middle of us. We were so solid from our core was so solid. They could not get through any. So it forced them to go out wide. So it forced them to put balls into the box. And Cam Humphries is, is going to gobble those crosses up all day. So is Tyler Blackett, so is Peltier. It worked. And I think what would have happened is later on in the game, it would have then I changed it to go a bit more attacking, took a a proper second striker and not Chio, who we will talk about in a minute, and then attack them for the last 15, 20 minutes of the game. Had we not conceded a, a brilliant goal on half time, fair, Carlton Morris, that, that was a stunning finish, and a stupid, stupid penalty just after half time, things may have gone, may have been different. But then when that happened, Danny, it then becomes panic stations. You go 2 0 down, oh my God, what are we going to do? We took a striker on, we took his best player off, we took an attacking midfielder on. It just then becomes a bit of chaos when you go 2-0 down and then we've still barely laid a glove on them. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, like you say, we sort of set up to effectively counter Luton and like you say, it did work in the beginning. Um, 
but sometimes just undone by a better side. And that's the interpretation Paul Davis has took at the advertiser. And I, I agree. You know, we just sometimes you come across a side that you try and match up against and they're still better you. Like that's sometimes part and parcel of football, unfortunately. And I do think if we'd have got to half time at nil nil, we would have seen something different for the second half. But because we were one nil down, and like you said, stunning finish from Carlton Morris, it got a bit fair bit of stick from the Rotherham fans, to be fair. Um, but when you concede to a finish like that, you just have to hold your hands up and go, he squeezed it in and we're one nil down, you know. Um, yeah, with Harding's thing, yeah. <laughs> You know, I think he forgot which sport, what sport he were playing. If I'm being honest, but I mean, you go two nil down, and it's and then your whole plan from the first minute has completely gone out the window. You know, yeah. and like you say, it's a little bit panic stations. You have to try and get back in the game somehow and get a goal back. But if Luton are two nil up, they'll sort of go right. That'll do us. We'll we won't we'll just do our thing now and just keep you at bay. And they did that. Um, I'll come to make about the referee in a minute. <laughs> um. But, yeah, for for me, it's one of them where it's like we set up correctly, we went about it correctly, we just got undone by a better side. Mm. And sort of have to go, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, we do. Um, I don't think Nick agrees with that. Um, But, you know, it's it's all about set up, isn't it? Yeah, I, I worry that... I worry that I worry of changing tactics in the game so far under Matt Taylor. Mick, we, we can all disagree whether he's starting tactics with the right way, right way to go or not. There's that, that I think is generally a split opinion, but he really seems he really seems to struggle to change it in game positively. Certainly, when we're behind as well, which we obviously are quite a lot this season. Um, whenever we go behind, it all seems panicking. I know the penalty came so close after half time. Um, that that scuppered any sort of plan that it could possibly have had, but it, it always screams panicky. That the in-game substitutions off to me often scream a panic. Um, yeah, I mean, it, what he tries to do is is is, is go more attacking, doesn't he? You know, he, he tries to he brings attackers on and and tries to change the game that way, but. <laughs> It, it, football's about momentum, isn't it? And, and changing the momentum of a game is not going to happen just by throwing a couple of strikers on. Mm. You know, it's, it's you've still got to get the ball to them. You've still got to give them the opportunities. Um, and and that's simply what we've not done in these kinds of games. We, we, we're just not getting the ball in the box. Uh, we, we're expecting far too much of, of Jordan Hugel. Um, you know, it... It's just and, and and like I keep like I keep saying, we we, we end up bypassing the midfield mm. a lot of the time. And whether that's whether that's from the initial starting eleven or any subsequent changes that the manager makes, the actual style of play doesn't seem to change. Um, and and there seems to be a massive reluctance. It feels like, and I'm not saying that there is or that there's been any instructions not to, but it feels like there's a massive reluctance to put the ball in the box. It really does. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know whether it's panic or, or what it is. I, I don't think it is. I think he's got no, yeah. the substitution he makes, substitutions he makes, um, and, and, and feels that they're going to change the game. And it didn't, did it? No. It didn't. Uh, this is the thing against against. I'm going to use the phrase teams like Luton. There are no other teams like Luton against Luton. 
you, you're not, that's not really going to work. What, what's impressive about, about Luton is that they are strong. They are clearly very mentally strong, but they are also physically strong. Some of their, their defenders are absolute giants. So if you start, start putting a couple of strikers on, or Richard Wood or whatever, you're almost playing into their hands by going more direct. It, it, you, they, they want you to do that a little bit. Um, our set pieces, we'll come on to our set pieces in a minute because we're a joke at times, not beating first man again. Um, Shelly O.C. said, where do we start, lads? He says, it felt like we, uh, the way we were set up put us on the back foot from the off. Feels like Matt Taylor gave them too much respect. Don't mind losing if we actually have a go. Uh, not taking anything away from them. They did what they needed to do and were good on and off the ball, but zero shots on target again. John Morell said, it sounds similar to when Birmingham played. Luton at home defensively sound, but often nothing going forward. But when we conceded, had no plan to get back into the game. Um, <laughs> that's, that's, that's exactly it. That is exactly what happened. So maybe, maybe Danny, what we're saying is that, I don't know, we, do we need to give Luton more credit than we give ourselves discredit? Um, I think with, with that vein of it, <clears throat> Luton aren't third by mistake. You know, they... And I think going back to when we played them and got the 1-1 draw, um, we sort of played them at the right time because the manager hadn't really instilled his whole ideology on the team. And now we've come to the end of the season where he's had that chance and really got them going. And for me, the Luton we played was completely different to the Luton we played earlier in the season. And I only end up and go, they found the way to win. I agree. Going forward, <clears throat> we've seen what happens when we don't go forward and offer anything. You know, we get the draw against Hull, for example, um, and then do the same against Luton and end up conceding because they are a better side. But then you look at how we played against West Brom, where we really took the game to them and completely dominated them. Mm. You know, this is what we were on about when we said it depends on which Rotherham turn up against Luton. We could have seen a Blackburn score or we could have got absolutely battered. And it was like somewhere more leaning to the to the battering side because we didn't turn up like we did against Blackburn and West Brom. So yeah, I think I can see where everybody's coming from, and I think it is a mix of the two, if I'm being honest. But I think the way we set up hindered us going forward. And like you said at the beginning, <clears throat> maybe that was the tactic change. If we kept it a nil-nil, then we would have gone for it later on, and it was about. Not entirely sure because we didn't see that because it all fell apart. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, to play devil's advocate, make a little bit from from a, from, a, from the setup. His goal goal difference is increasing, looking quite important, mm. and we have a very very good goal difference. Yeah. So I, I get I get some people some people have said we might as well have a go and lose three or four nil. Well, no, because our goal difference is very very good. I think only Cardiff at the bottom seven have a better goal difference than us. So if we're going to lose, it, it, it's it's a tough one, isn't it? Because you don't want to lose three now because that could be important in in three weeks' time. But you've got to have a go because if you don't have a go, you're not going to win a football game. So it's a bit of a, a almost a difficult one to manage that a little bit. Or do you do not think all of should play any factor in any thinking? I don't think it is a difficult one to manage when you look at it because history tells us in this in this season that when we take the game to teams. We don't lose three or four nil because defensively we've got a very solid defence most of the time. Most of the time. You know? 
what we what when when we the, the, the times that we lose are the times that we don't take the game to the opposition where we try to set up to 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 nullify the opposition those are the games that we lose and we try we try to do that more often than not unfortunately um so you've got to you've got to attack teams in this division you've got to attack them because if you don't they'll attack you and we're not good enough to to to, to spend 90 minutes now, a bit of an exaggeration, but you, you get my point. We're not good enough to, to sustain 90 minutes of being attacked. But on the flip side of that, neither are other teams. Mm. So if you go at them, you, you're going to be more you're going to be more successful than you are by sitting back and, and just trying to soak it up. It, it 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 doesn't make sense for me, and and it does, and the re, and the reason it and like I said, history in this history in this throughout this season shows that when we go out and attack teams, we get better results. Who'd have thought? Mm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so that, that's my. I mean, I'm not. Yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, it's my view. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not a football coach, obviously. But yeah, uh, it didn't. It didn't work. What I, what I. What I. What I am happy about is that he is willing to change things. He's looking at the opposition and sort of saying, right, if you to beat this opposition, we think we need to do X, Y, and Z. He's learning, he's learning, at this level, he's learning. What I think we've got to be very careful. Like, if you want to be eventually be a very successful team at this level, you need to be adaptable. And that's good to say that Matt Taylor is willing to be adaptable. We're not, we're not just doing, right, we're doing 3 5 2. We're putting, this is not a dig, by the way. We're putting Smithy up top. We're doing this. That's the end of it. That's not, that's not a dig at Pierce Man. But we are much more flexible, which I am happy with. As long it, as it's it, up. Being adaptable is one thing, but yeah. it's like it's like saying my car's too heavy, so I'm going to adapt it. And I'll take one of the wheels off. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, that, that's being adaptable, but it's not, it's not going to work, is it? And and it's, no. and and by sitting back, that we're literally are doing that. We're taking one of the wheels off. Mm. We're slowing ourselves down, and we're leaving ourselves open and vulnerable. And and uh, it, I, it's my view, but I think he's wrong. Another reason why I think it didn't work, Danny, and this is this is where the first dig of the night comes, and I apologise to any Chio fans out there. Um, the way I saw the strikers being lined up was that you had a big man who could hold it up and hold the ball up a little bit, and then you had Chio next to him who could just make the defenders run. You know, they're, they're, they were they're all giants, the looted defenders. So I'm going to assume that that, that they don't have the best turning circle. Uh, Ayer, Grant Hanley, but. Chio looked like a lost little kid playing a striker. I thought Hugel did what Hugel does. I thought he was he was pretty strong. He won a, a fair amount of headers. We didn't see anything positive, certainly in the first half from Chio, Danny, and that's that's a concern because Washington's are injured, so you haven't got another mm-hmm. player who can do the, do the do the dirty work and do the running. Uh, and for me, that's another reason why it didn't work. We didn't have those legs up top. Yeah, um, it was. An off day for Chio, to say the least. Mm. Um, my camera's turned off, by the way, because I'm trying to maintain the internet. Um, but yeah, it, it was rather un- unusual for Chio. Because um, <clears throat> like you say, um, he just he effectively just wasn't there. Mm. You know, and we hate to criticise players because, you know, we're not that way inclined. But after a performance like that, I hope, Matt Taylor did tell Chio that he needs to be better. Like constructive criticism, he needs to be better because for the final five running, we can't have a player that's off off his off his normal game during mm. a running. 
Because unfortunately, if he's off his game in the final running, you're more likely to twist rather than stick. And the twist would be to bring Georgie Kelly on um, and bring Chio on later on because we've seen Chio come off the bench and perform really well. I mean, I'm doing working on a video at the minute and it shows Chio coming off the bench to score against Burnley at their place. And he had that little spell out the team and he sort of cracked on a little bit. So maybe it's time for that again. I'm not sure. But um, yeah, he looked lost. You know, I mean... Um, <laughs> One of the fans who came up to us made the joke of if we played in green, Chio might be a bit better. <laughs> but I do, I do think with Chio, it was it was an off game and it just really hindered us going forward. And that's probably why we had no shots on target because the the machine wasn't working as it was meant to. Hmm. Yeah. Um, Troops, Charles Romans Explorers is not doing the business, Chio. He's been poor for the last few games. John Rell is coming to the end of the contract. Odd how these sort of players drop off with a couple of games to go. We have a few. Yeah, but he's not undroppable, Mick, to be fair to Chio. Chio is an excellent player. And on his day, he's an excellent championship player, but he's not undroppable. So if we went for the similar setup on Tuesday, which I know you hope we don't, if we do go for a similar setup, Chio comes out, Kelly comes in, you go for two proper strikers. Um, because he. I, I think Troops is right. I don't think he's been great since the international break. If you're going to go two up top, you go two up top with two strikers. Yeah. I mean, that that's surely that's common sense. You don't adapt a winger and put him up front. He's Just, a top scorer. Yeah, he is top scorer, <laughs> yeah, from the wing. You know, mm. if you're going to go two up top, you go two up top with two strikers. Mm. So, what that pace, what them, what them legs though, didn't it, I think? Yeah. Uh, well, play him out wide then. Mm. Because he's more than capable of playing wing back. More than capable. Yeah, he is. Um, and and you know, if he's gonna bomb on, you've got you've got pelts there on the right hand side of the back three to to cover for him. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, we're trying to put square square pegs in round holes by 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 playing Chio up front for me. Um, it, it's it's just not it, it doesn't work and it, uh, what's been said about his performances over the last few games are, are right he's just not been on it at all um, so maybe it is time maybe it is time for him to, uh, to have a seat on bench for a game but it depends how he how he's what his plans are to to try and counter Bur- Burnley hmm. the first team this season to counter him if he does and to be fair, one of the only teams that has counted them at their place were us, and we did it by attacking them. Yeah, we did. So, and 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 we were we were very very unlucky in that game. And like Danny said in the last last podcast, it it still sticks in the throat a little bit that we we didn't come away from that from Turf Moor with anything. Um, and in my view, that were just poor refereeing decisions that cost us that game. Frankly, yeah. Let's not go back to that again. <laughs> um, Don't set me off, Meg. <laughs> uh, Troops asks him, maybe uh, to wonder if Kelly uh, doesn't have a future under under uh, under Taylor, which is possible. I, I think he's still raw. I think that's possibly it. Um, Shelley says that, but then I also thought at times Chia did have two men on him. They doubled up a few times. We do rely on him heavily lately. It seems to be when he dips, we do. He is far better at wide. 
But Danny, and again, I don't want to st- stick on this dig at Chiltern for much longer. He was basically useless that wide as well. He, he was going when he should have gone. He was coming short when he should. When he should, he was doing everything the opposite of what we wanted him to do. And it would, it would, it then caused Wes loads of bother because he had no real out ball when Wes were at right were, went back to right back. It, it, it was a really frustrating performance from Chio. Yeah, <clears throat> it was. It was for sure. I mean, like like you say, he, he saw. Uh... Went went back on Wes a little bit, and he came towards the ball when he should have been making that run down the right hand side, um, or even into the middle at times as well. And that to me makes it feel like <clears throat> it was a real, real off day for Chio. And mm. you know, we've said Chio's not really been at the races the, the past few games or so. Um, but the Luton game almost feels like it was so far out of the races; it was outside, you know. Mm. It was it. It just wasn't a good game for Chio. And footballers are human; they're not robots. They can't Absolutely. perform to a massive standard week in, week out. But I think from what we've seen, when we said Chio hasn't been at the races, was the um, you know, the the the, um, the coasting sort of level from Chio, where he still has an impact, but he's not absolutely exceptional. But the whole thing of completely not being at the races was is Chio completely on an off day where he has very little effect wherever you play him, uh, which is a shame because Chio is a, an absolutely unreal player on his day. Game changer, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. But I think if he has a game like that, it's a bit of a you know the manager needs to put his arm around him and go, you've not you've not been good. Just have your little seat on the bench and then get geared up for the next game and then come on as an impact sub. Uh, and we've seen it before with Chio. He is a very good impact sub at times. And after a performance where he, he hasn't completely been at the races, maybe, like Mick said, maybe it's time for him just to sit on the bench, get himself really geared up for a game, and then go at it at 100 miles an hour again. Um, just to, to put the little asterisk on that. We're not football managers. We're not saying this is what should absolutely happen. But it's our opinion. And I personally think Chio just needs to have a little sit down on the bench, let Kelly step in, and then have that tactic change and bring Chio's pace back into it. Maybe maybe at half-time, maybe at a 60-minute mark, something like that, where he can really have an impact as a substitute. Mm. Yeah, I, I, do, I, do, I do agree. I think he needs to step out. Um, yeah. Um, John Morell says, for, from, from Birmingham, Scott Hogan is top scorer, but can't get in the sky because he's not playing well enough. The manager has to be strong enough to make these big calls. I think that's also true. I think Matt Till has shown in the past he is big enough to make those calls. Um, but we'll have to wait and see on that one. I want to give another mention to Connor Coventry, and this comes with a with an anger, maybe not an anger at the end of it, but a, but a, you know, not happy at the end of it. For me, Connor Coventry was the best player on the pitch, best Botherham player on the pitch yesterday, other than Josh Vickers, who we will also come on to. Um, he was brilliant. He did every, he's, 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 he's continually moving on his, his, his game. He recycled possession really, really well yesterday. He broke up the play through the middle. He made that middle so solid. He was one of the reasons we were so solid down the centre was because Connor Coventry was excellent, accompanied by Jamie Lindsay. Um, my anger and upset, mate, comes on that he was the first man to be brought off the pitch. And yeah, then the, the, I, I accept that the game plan changed. I, I accept we, we know, we, we're stopping being solid when we want to, be, we want to move the ball further forward. So bringing Ollie Rathbone on is probably the right thing to do. But Connor Coventry was recycling the ball. So when you're trying to build a bit of possession, you want somebody doing that. You know, like looking again the ball with right. So he's going to distribute it back off to Jamie Lindsay. He's going to pass it back out wide to Chio. He's going to X, Y, and Z. Connor Coventry was the type of player we needed on the pitch at the time. Um, 
which makes it even more frustrating that three weeks ago we were rubbish and, and, and stayed on the pitch. Um, frustrating substitution, really, really frustrating substitution, that one. I, I, I have no words, really. I, I genuinely, I have no words as to why that that decision was made. It just, it, it, I mean, you're right, it was the best player on the pitch. It was they, they were passing the ball out about in that midfield area, and we were in, uh, and he was the one that was breaking it down. Mm. You know, he was the one that was that was breaking play up in the center of the center of the park. And I, I, I don't know, I can't, I can't honestly, I genuinely am at a loss. I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely at a loss. You know, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have surprised me if you had to fetch to come on for his off as well and to, to bring Woody on just <laughs> a laugh. You know, it, it 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 was it was a bizarre, a bizarre change. We needed to get our foot on the ball. We needed some possession. We needed to be able to to, to work the ball forward instead of hoofing it. Mm. And we so we took the player off that were capable of doing it or that had been doing it. This is thinking back now again to the previous manager. This is a thing because again under the previous manager when we were chasing the game, Dan Barlas was one of the first yeah. subs to come off. Yeah. Obviously, again, they're not Barlash is better at re- using the ball, but it's clearly a thing that you take that, that player off. Because Danny, that's that's two managers who are doing the same thing with two slightly different players. So it must be a tactical thing that we are unaware of, I suppose. Yeah, I don't know if it's written into uh, the manager's handbook if that's <laughs> the first sub you make when you make uh, when you're chasing a game, I'm not sure. But yeah, I mean Call me old-fashioned, but I think if you if you're chasing the game, you try and maintain your midfield mm. um, and keep you as strong as possible. Make the chain that make make the change that makes you as strong as possible. And unfortunately, Coventry coming off made us weaker. Mm. Um, I've seen a few in the comments that we looked stronger when Woody came on. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I was watching from um, from inside the concourse because you know it, it just wasn't the Rotherham United that we've almost mm. come to expect, you know. Yeah. Um but yeah for me for me it's like like we've said, I didn't really see sense in the in the Coventry substitute because like we say, it's best player that's gone off and seeing again in the comments people saying that we lost um a shape when Coventry went off. Um we said earlier in the podcast that we looked really solid in midfields mm. and were holding our own against Luton even though we were two down. So maybe it was a case of completely trying to change it to, I don't know, maybe confuse Luton or just play something completely different. But the substitution didn't work and it made us weaker. Could be saving legs, like Matt Squires has said, for Tuesday night. That's a potential. Um, But it just just seems a strange substitution to make for me. But yeah, there's a theme in there with that sort of player going off, which seems Mm. odd. To me, anyway. Yeah. That's one to ask Matt Taylor if we ever get to speak to, isn't it? Hmm. Um, someone else says, yeah, modern-day coaches. John Eustace does it when chasing in for Birmingham as well. It's just, yeah, it's counterintuitive to me. I don't know. You want you want to look after the ball a bit better and move forward. So you take your, your ball. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> Shelley says, arguably Coventry's best game yesterday. Do you think we do you think we started to lose his shape when he went off? Almost made it harder for us. He was the only one getting on the ball. Yeah, exactly. Mm. That's exactly the point. Um there's clear logic to it somewhere. We, we're just not privy to that at the moment. Um, yeah, that's that ticked off. Um, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Doughty was referee yesterday. 
There we um, go. We were all dreading that. I don't know if, you, if you've all watched the preview episode, you would see that uh, Darren Bond was supposed to referee us. We were all very unhappy. Uh, he then got taken off referee. We're all very happy. It's Lee Doughty. We become unhappy again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Lee Doughty now, I, it is, I, I think I've word this. He didn't have a very good game. Let me start by saying that. I think he got the big calls right. I think, I think he got the penalty decision right, although I don't think he could have got it wrong. Uh, I think he could have given us a penalty, but it was a it was a you know a quick shot handball. I, I could see why he didn't give it. Um, my problem is Mick. I don't. He looks like a referee <laughs> that doesn't actually understand football. You know, you get sometimes referee who understand the rules, but they don't actually understand how it works. So my my example is there was a chance in the second half where two players went up for the ball. The Luton player won the header. Both players end up on the floor, and he gave a foul against the Rotherham player. Well. That's going to happen. It's a contact sport. You're going to challenge the headers. You're going to fall up on the floor. And that mm. sort of summed him up for me. It was really niggly. Every little thing, it was really frustrating. It was a stop-start game, which I don't think suited either team, to be honest with you. Um, it didn't cost us the game, but it was just poor. Um, well, I disagree with you about the penalty shout. Okay. Uh, it's a penalty. He's moved his hands towards the ball. You know, his, his hands are not in a natural position. There's plenty of distance away from the ball to get get away, get out of it, get out of that position. Um, the referee clearly sees it because he waves it away. It, it, it's a penalty. There's, I, I can't, I, I can, I can give no explanation as to why that's not given. I can also give no explanation as to why the bloke who I think it's the same bloke who handled it in this penalty incident uh, wasn't even, was even on the pitch. Because he's been given a yellow card, then deliberately handballs the ball in the middle of the field, which is a yellow card offence. And he doesn't even talk to him. He calls him across and then sends him away again while the Rodham players are are claiming that he should be booked and he should be booked. You know, it's implement the rules. You know, it's difficult. The the Wes one... um, and I'm sure somebody who sat in, in, in the stand closest to it will, will tell me differently. I, I wasn't sure initially. Having watched it back from a couple of different angles, I'm still not sure. I'm still not sure it's hit him on hand. I'm genuinely not. So if, if that's the case, how can the referee see it? Hmm. And, and his arms are by his side. You know, what are the rules? I mean, nobody knows what the handball rule is, and I accept that. Genuine, I don't mean I'm not. I'm not. No, I'm not, I'm not being smart. It, it, nobody, nobody has any idea what the handball rule is because it's implemented differently in different mm. different games and, and in different versions of the game. So in Europe, it's different to to this country. And, you yeah. know, in European games, it's different. In international games, it's different. You know, so so nobody really knows what the handball rule is. Mm. Um, I'm not going to argue about the, the the Wes one, but ours penalty definitely. Hmm. Ending off second yellow for their player, no question in my view. The big decisions aren't they? It's, it's given yeah. what he thinks is the easy one. It, it was one of the referees that didn't want to give the big decision. He's got he had the Gavin Ward about him. Yeah, we, we've 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 had Lee Doughty a few times, haven't we? And, we? and we know that that's the case, and we know that he's niggly as well. Yeah. You know, we know that he stops the game as as often as he not as often as he can, but he stops the game too much. Um, Another for, for, loud whistle as well. So again, another unnecessarily loud whistle as well. <laughs> yeah. It, it, ultimately, you, to say it didn't have an impact on the game, 
Well, a sending off has an impact on the game, doesn't it? True. A penalty has an impact on the game. Having said that, if he sends their player off like he should have done for the second yellow, mm. the penalty shout wouldn't have happened because the same player did it. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. It's a tough job. It's a tough job, but... Lee Dowd is not very good at it. The, the, <laughs> the, the rules are so... are so vague. Yeah. There's, there's, there's so much to consider in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a nanosecond, in a millisecond, you've got to make a decision. Where did it hit him? Is it above his sleeve? Is it below his sleeve? Is his arm in a natural position? What's his body position? Has he moved towards ball? Is he too close to ball? Has it come off another player? This is all in a nanosecond. Mm. You're going to make all those decisions. It's just stupid. It's absolutely stupid. And, and that's not the referee's fault. That's the that's the the, the people who met the rules, isn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah, I, that, I, is, that is. Yeah, I've just had a quick browse at the highlights, and <clears throat> from the camera angle of the um, where they were filming it in the west stand, it almost looks as if Wes has sort of overrun it. To t- mm. like, like he's overrun himself the ball, and he's tried to chest it down, but it sort of like hit him. Yeah. Um, the camera on for this. So apologise if my Wi-Fi drops. It sort of like hit him like here. Yeah, and he's and he's overran it, so I don't know if his hands there, but then it's within the confines of his body. So does that make it a natural position if his hands here, like, and that's the decision he has to make? But I, he makes the decision very quickly, and then just looks west and I just goes, "Well, it is." It's like I, I was is it, in the fam- <laughs> I was in the family stand, and my initial reaction was, "Oh God!" As soon as it hit, yeah, west. but he's sort of gone for it, and it's here, and like he's unfolded it like like that almost, yeah. and it's like. And he's done it's like, is it? It was in a really good position. It was on the angle. So for, from a referee position, that it was it was in the next position to see it. Yeah. Um I'm pretty confident it was a penalty. I, I, I'm 90% sure it's a penalty. I, I mean, from, from what we've seen in the Premier League, yes, I, I would say it is a penalty. But it, here's a rule correction for you that I've seen people mention on social media, especially in the Premier League. If it's an if they deem it an accidental handball, they give it as Indirect free kick, like the ones where like you have about all, all, yeah. all eleven players on the on the on the goal line. Where's that gone? I've seen it implemented what? once, and the, and it was a it was in the Super Copper final. They know the South American, not the Super Copper. When Boca mm. Juniors played, whoever they played, they played it in Madrid because they're all kicking off. Um, it was given then as a handball, an indirect free kick inside the area. I'd never seen it before. I've never seen it since. Um, but so it is that, a thing. It is a penalty. That, it's again, that goes back to what I was just saying there. That's another rule that we've got yeah. to think about. You know, mm. why do we comp- why is it so complicated? We do have to move on though, because we need to probably just find some positives. All I'm, all um, I'm saying, if your hand's here, right, and it goes like that, it's and you've gone right on the stop ball like that, it's an hand ball. If your hand's here, that's where the doubt comes into it. it I think it's a penalty. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, John Morales, we're getting close to Aston Villa about morning about referees. We've, we've <laughs> praised for, for a few recently, to be fair. We're some good referees recently. Um, uh, Poundman said, No, it's the ref's fault, he's crap. <laughs> <laughs> John Morell and Mike says, Handing it in an unnatural position, it's nailed on penalty long. Mike Mills is hard penalty, absolute stonewall. Yeah, not, I don't, I not gonna argue with it. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Um, back to some positives. A couple there, a couple there are. Josh Vickers. Um, mm. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that is the best save I've ever seen live. Uh, I just assumed that the ball had got, what ball was going to go back in. I just saw, I sat back in my seat and even when he saved it, I stayed sat down because I just assumed it would be a yard over the line. I just assumed the goal line tilt would kick in and it's going to be 1-0. I, I can't believe, Danny, that he saved that. And it doesn't matter because he conceded two minutes later. But that was a stunning save. Oh, yeah, it was. Um, positive of being at North Stand, I saw it all really, really yeah. close up. It's like, I, I actually don't quite know how he's pulled it off. Oh, you know, cause He's pulled off the one save, got back in position, and he's flung himself at the ball and saved it again. It's like, I mean, all the love to Victor in the world, but to, just to be that like committed to keeping the ball out, I mean, Victor would have tried his best, don't get me wrong, but Vickers has proper flung himself yeah. at it and gone, no, that ball is not, is not going in this net. Very unfortunate um, for it to go in a few minutes later, but that's what we've got at this club. We've got two absolutely class goalkeepers, and it's really unfortunate that Vickers is number two as it, as it stands. Because they both have the ability to be some teams number one. Yeah. It's just unlucky we've got them both. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Shelley says it was Gordon Banks esque. It was, yeah. to be fair. You watch it and it's just, you, yeah, I just honestly can't get him ready. He's so good. The agility to get back from where he was. He went back at net, I think, for God's sake, prior to saving it. Um, Mick, just, he is such a good player. He's just, Jamie says here, I didn't even applaud the save. I was that speechless. That is, yeah. and if anybody's not watched it, go back and watch it. It was just one of the best saves I've ever seen. My, my advice would be to go to the I Follow Miller's site, play the, click on the full game, mm. um, full game tab replay, and fast forward yourself to that and, and listen to the naughty word that Victor shouts out when he saves it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That was very funny, and the apology afterwards for it. <laughs> yeah, I might um, have to do so, that when we've finished. So we finished. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're a hell of a save, weren't it? Hell of a save. Um, cracking goalkeeper, cracking goalkeeper, Josh Vickers. Um, I, I'm not sure who, who, who it's unlucky for that he's not a number one. I suppose only him because um, it's not unlucky for us. No, mm. no, it's not. It's unlucky um, for the rest of the EFL that is not. Well, starting keeper. And whichever, whichever club he would end going to, it's unlucky mm. for them as well. Um, he then saves a penalty. Apparently, UK says he's not a fan of having a rebound from a penalty. You've got to feel sorry for this guy. It's a stunning save from the first half. He then saves a penalty straight into the second half, but the striker follows it in. 
you just got to feel sorry for him. He's he's had the best game of this one of the one of the performances of the season from a goalkeeper and still lost two nil. Mm. Yeah, I mean that penalty save. I've, I have watched back the highlight for that. It's an unreal save from his penalty. He's, he's just so unfortunate where the ball drops afterwards, and then they they have the simple tap in for the rebound. Uh, I mean, we said it for Victor when he conceded from the penalty. He got so so close to saving it, um, but like the game against uh, against Accrington and multiple times, Vickers knows how to save penalties. It's just very very unfortunate that this one fell to a Luton player. If it falls to a Rotherham player. Like we say, one if you want to, yeah, what one nil game on carry on, but it's almost as if that going in so early in the second half was really the start of our downfall because it's just like, oh, you know, it, luck isn't with us today. We've done that and still conceded again. Hmm. But like, like we've just said, I'd say that is probably Josh Vickers's performance of the season, individually wise, team wise. No, not at all. No, but for Vickers as an individual to still concede to having a real goalkeeper performance like that, fair play to him. Yeah, might get a nomination for uh, individual performance of the season. I'm interested in the awards. We don't know. Let's wait and see for a few weeks for that one. Um, John, John Morell says if they both are so good, you've got to assume it's so difficult to keep both of them as they will both expect first team football. John S, any chance of signing again? Josh, that is. This is the question. You, I would think about, again, it's something else I've been thinking about a few days ago, Mick. The reason I think it worked to have the, this way around was because Victor, prior to signing a new contract, would have been on not very good terms, to be honest with you. When he signed, he was a second or third choice keeper. So yeah. his, his wages would have been pretty poor, relatively speaking. Whereas Josh Vickers was signed for a second or first choice keeper. So mm-hmm. from a financial point of view, it makes sense. I imagine Victor's contract now will put him on, it should put him on par with the rest of the first team players. Mm. So from a financial point of view, from the club, it maybe doesn't make sense to keep Victor and Vickers because of how much you're now paying Victor. Um, so I would be very surprised to see Josh Vickers as a, as a, still as a Rotherham player next season. Uh, well, I hope you're wrong. I hope uh, I'm wrong. I hope you're wrong. Uh, because if we want to progress in this league, assuming that we're able to stay in it, then you know it's a, it's a given that you need two keepers of that, of that stature. Um, so we'll have to wait and see on that one, won't we? But, um, I, I, is, it, is his contract up in the summer or is he got? I've seen conflicting information previous, but I do think it is up in the summer. Yeah, I'm not sure we've got an option or not. I'm going to say one would assume that uh, the, the previous management team did like to get an extra uh, extra year on there or an option mm. for an extra year on all of them. So, um, we'll have to wait and see on that. But, uh, yeah, fingers crossed we can keep hold of him because. To have have those two is uh, it's a fantastic starting point. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. And he's got a hundred percent record of seven penalties this season as well, so that's good news for him. Um, I think he'll be very disappointed, to be honest, uh, with that with that penalty yeah, save that um, that he's not managed to to put it away from danger. Um, and I'm yeah. sure that'll be something it works. And I know it sounds a bit daft, really, but you know it could go anywhere, kind of thing, but. Um, I'm, I'm sure they'll be uh, they'll be a bit disappointed. Yeah, well, I, it's two two penalties in two weeks, and both should have been should have neither gone in. The, you know, the, the yeah. one victor last week got so close to it. This one, you know, if we get a defender reacting a bit quicker, then it's one. It's it's not we're not going in, is it? Um, Shelley mentions on here about the save, the first save. We mentioned that save from Josh Vickers, probably one of the best saves I've seen for years. How good are two keepers? Um, both capable and they're both ours for now. Um, 
Let's mention the Woody situation. Shelley says, nice to see Woody again. Thought he won everything when he came on. Typical Richard performance. Yeah, so <laughs> what happened was, I think we needed a boost. So, so Matt Taylor's the right. Well, we're going to bring Georgia Kelly on because of the strike. We know what reaction he's going to get. We want to bring Woody on. That's going to get a reaction as well. We're gonna, we've got this attacking corner. Get these two big lads on. They can attack this corner. And then the corner hits the first man. Uh, and the stadium goes deathly quiet again. Um, that's sort of something they have to do, to be honest with you. Uh, but Mick... Woody has played for the first time, I think, since the Ipswich game, so quite a while. Mm. He was actually very good. I thought I was very impressed with him. Um, his defensive capabilities as well as well as going forward. Tyler Blackett might be injured for Tuesday, which is a blow because he's been excellent. Mm. Um, but it's just great to see Richard Wood back on the back on the pitch in a Rotherham shirt. I, it just warms my heart every time I see it. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. He's been an unbelievable servant for the club, and he's still got plenty to offer. Um, so it, it's it's great that it's great that. It, He's, he's managed to find his way, probably by default, back into into uh, first team. Um, hopefully, hopefully it's not the last time we see him um, in a Rotherham United shirt. It better not be. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, I, I'm, I'm just glad to see him getting an opportunity, and uh, you know, you know what he'll do. You just know what you're going to get from Richard Wood. Um, you're going to get some solid defending. You're going to get him occasionally being beaten for pace, um, but you're also going to get goals from him, or at least a threat. Yeah, a threat, only threat for goal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I would, I would, I would have a little wager that if he were to play the the remaining games of this season, he'll bag a goal. Yeah, I would as well. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, Shelley says came on for a corner. It's the first man crossing practice incoming. Yeah, well, that's a good point actually. That's a good point, Shelley. I probably wouldn't put that wager on because we don't put ball in box, do we? So true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Mike Woody is Woody. He is Mister Reliable. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's let's just he only play for twenty minutes or something, Danny. And we, and we were chasing the game, so maybe maybe difficult to analyse the defensive part of the game. But for the time it was on, we played at four at the back, so two central defenders, and Woody did not look out of place. He was really, really good, and that's allied some of my fears a little bit that. I was really, I am concerned about what he's playing in a four, but that made me think, right, it might not be the biggest problem we all. I know Burnley are going to have quicker players than Luton. Uh, that's one of their strengths is their pace. But if Woody did need to come in, it sort of made me feel a bit better about having Richard Wood there, to be honest with you, if I'm with the, with the four. Yeah, it uh, made me feel a bit better as well. I mean, <clears throat> like Mike says, oh, he is Mr. Reliable. Um, and he does get beaten for pace on occasion these days. But when he comes in and when effectively needs to slot into that four and he looks comfortable for the time he's on the pitch, then it's another string to Matt Taylor's tactic bow. Mm. You know, if, if a defender's not feeling the best or, you know, has had to go off injured or we need, you know, the old heads at the back to steady the ship for the last 20 minutes of a game or something then we now have Woody as that option. And I think Taylor's now seen Woody as that option, or if he has in the past, he's not utilised it yet. And he utilised it against Luton. And yeah, he looked good. Um, it, it gives me hope that we'll see Woody again at the New York before the end of the season. Um, possibly against Burnley, depending on how Pelts and Blackett are. Um, but more than likely, I think there will be something involved with Middlesbrough as well, which... Yeah. Or Cardiff, to know about that now, or Cardiff as well, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, I can't agree with that, Danny. I'm sorry. I, I, I think, I think Matt Taylor is using Richard Wood because it's his absolute last resort. I don't think he, I don't think he ever felt 
that Richard Wood had anything to offer. Otherwise, he wouldn't have gone scouring the country for either out of contract or, or free agent centre-halves. I, I genuinely don't. Um, I think he's been backed into a corner. It's so late in the season, he can't find anybody else to replace the centre backs, and I think that's why that's why that's why he's brought Woody back into it. Uh, I'm not saying that's right because I don't think it is right. I think he, I think he's, I think he's made a mistake with that. But that, that's the only reason, in my view, that, that Richard Woods back on back in the uh, in the team. I don't think he's, he's had any sort of epiphany and, and epiphany and, and realised that. Well, hang on a minute, he's a good player, him. You know, I, I just don't see that. Possibly, it might, I see. It might be back to Duke on a play on Tuesday and all. Palmer mm-hmm. agrees. Um, I think she's probably right there. Nicholas Skidmore says, "I don't see anybody that has the much pa- as much passion to get onto a cross as Woody, like the wrecking ball." In it, that 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 mm-hmm. Nick, that name for him is um, is apt. It's very accurate. Um, uh, <laughs> John Morell uh, says here. Uh, I nearly spat my beer out, Matthew. Blackett, excellent. You left your glasses at home on Saturday. He has been really, really good for us so far, Tyler Blackett. He's not put, barely put a foot wrong. He compliments Cam Humphries nicely as well. Those They work really, really well, really, really well together. Um, whether that, well, I think I think Blackett probably out his his game. Um, mm. So, you know. Um, Matt Squires agrees with Mick. He's had to bring him back. Matt Miller says, sadly, I agree with Mick. Matt Tiller doesn't rate Woody. That's fine. I don't mind the rain. That's fine. That's that's Matt. It's Matt Tiller's opinion. I don't think we should. And I know you're not. I don't think we should dig Matt Tiller out for that. No, no. But it's good that Woody has something to offer. It's good that Woody can sort of. He's always responded, hasn't he? He's responded to yeah. not being picked essentially, which is really really good. Um, yeah. It's 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 the ultimate professional, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. You know, and 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 he'll he'll take it on the chin. He knows how old he is. He knows that his career's coming towards its 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 latter end. Um, he'll take it on the chin, and when he gets his opportunity, he'll he'll show what he's capable of because that's Richard Wood. Um, but yeah, it's it, it, it just feels a bit sad to be oh, honest. So that's probably nostalgia more than anything else. <laughs> Maybe. Um, quick mention for Keener, Danny. I thought Keener when Keener came on, he was it was very very good. A little lunge, which gave which got himself a yellow card, a bit stupid. Um, but other than that, he was he was pretty good. He's a, he's a bit of a ball carrier. Um, he carried it from deep two or three times. He seemed to link up with Colin Bramwell quite nicely as well. Bramwell came on. Uh, there's some sparks there for Keener. I'd be very, very tempted, especially if he might drop Chio on, on Tuesday, to bring Keener in for his first start. Yeah, potentially. I mean, Keener's just building himself nicely into the team after his injury and, and then yeah. suspension. <clears throat> but we're seeing what Keener's about now. Uh, just to pick up on that point, what is it with our midfielders are getting booked, by the way? Like we've we've got Ollie who um has a fair few booking points, Keener as well. Um Lindsay gets booked a fair bit as well. I mean, I like the ferocity in the in the midfield, don't get me wrong. And it's nice that Keener has picked up on that ferocity. Mm. Um but yeah, like like you say, he looked up well with Bramall. Um and yeah, I I personally would if, if he's come on later in the Saturday game, there's more of a chance of him starting the Tuesday game. Agree. Uh, agreed, agreed. Um, can someone tell me why Keener didn't shoot? I thought he was uh, he was good good for a shot about six yards out. Then he ended up running in the opposite direction. The chance was gone. I was confused as why he didn't do it. Yeah, he, he had a shot. But then he shot a couple of times from miles out, which didn't exactly work out quite well. He really got confused. 
to exactly uh, exactly what to do with those. Um, any other mentions for performances uh, from Saturday's game? There's not much else possibly positive I can think to pick out. Um, I was quite impressed with Keener. I like him, and the, the, the comment that Simon's put there, Simon Thorne, saying that he's, he's red, uh, Keener's red miss needs um, he's managing. Um, I like that about him. I do I like that about him. Um, yeah, he's got a little bit of an edge to him. Um, yeah, maybe he does need managing a little bit, but he, he's you compare him and Tariq Fosu, and, and again, somebody's mentioned in uh, I think Jamie mentioned it earlier in the comments. That Fossil's body language, I, I'm I, I'm not convinced he's happy here, Tariq Fossil, uh, and I'm, I'm not digging him out in any way because he's a quality quality footballer, no question about it. But he just his body language seems a little bit half-hearted. Whereas Keener, him though, say again. I think that's just Fossil. I think he's just laid back and yeah, possibly. And and like I said, I'm not trying to be critical yeah. of him. It just it just does it? It's just a feeling, you know. You just mm. not not too sure. Um, mm. But uh, but Keener, I like him. I like him a lot. Um, Cam Humphries was outstanding again. Oh. Just, well, I'll just, that, I'll just that moment in the, in the in the second half when there were two two attackers next to him and he just stepped through like as like a step into a door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just beautiful. Um, and 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 I, I loved the little push in the back for uh, Carlton Morris that he that he gave as well in the first half. That was I've not seen that side of him before. Yeah, uh, and, and I enjoyed that. Just a little bit of a look who's boss here, fella. Mm. Yeah, I I agree. It was great. Phil, because anyone tell me how how Matt Tillis sees Fossu in midfield rather than out wide? That brings us on to Tuesday, Danny. Um, Fossu mm-hmm. was not great. I think with Fossu, he's either going to be have a good game or a bad game. I, I, I don't see his bad games. If you see the first 10 minutes, he's rubbish or, or not very good. I, I've never seen him come back and then be good again. It's sort of from start to finish, you get one or the other. His better games mm-hmm. will always come out left. Um, how, do you, how do you see that? You know, including the Chio conversation, the keenest situation uh, conversation. What what do you see happening in that sort of area on Tuesday? God, good question. Um, we, uh, we we like to see Fozu out left because that's the position he more played for Burnley. But we keep seeing him in the centre. So Taylor obviously sees something about him as being a bit of a um, you know sit, sitting behind the striker and you know being quite mobile across mm. that midfield. Um, but when you have the option of Keener potentially, I was saying about Chio going to the bench as well. Um, you could probably move Fozu to the left, bring Keener in because you know, like we've said, he's that ball carrying midfielder and he does put him centre about. So Keener could possibly play that role. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you bring in somebody else for um, for Chio on the right hand side. Question is, who? You know, you, you put you could put Fozu out on the right hand side and potentially bring Bramall in. Mm. Um, I think Ferguson's not at the best at the minute, so I think he's not in contention. Um, so you could see uh, Helder in your more defensive left side of position, Bramall further forward, and then Fozu be moved to the right hand side as a potential. Um, the one thing we do need to consider is uh, Burnley's top scorer this season, Teller. Uh, he's their left-sided player, so whoever's on our right-hand side will be going up against him. So that could be, you know, an interesting battle. And if Wes is one of the few fit right-sided players who is more defensively orientated, you know, that could be a very, very interesting battle. Um, 
But yeah, I could see Fozzie win out to the right hand side if we bring Keener in, potentially. Yeah. Um, Harry says what do Burnley need to do to be champions? A few points on them. First of all, they cannot now break the record uh, for most points. They can only equal it. Um, really? They they've got 15 points left on 91 points, so they can get to 100. They can get to the 106, which which Reading have at the moment. They are 12 points ahead of Sheffield United with five games left. So a Burnley win and a Sheffield United not win would make them champions. Does that does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Is that all right? Sheffield United host Bristol City. So technically, Burnley can be champions on Tuesday. Uh, they need at least well, they need at least a point. If they get a point and Sheffield United lose the champions, if they win and Sheffield United don't win the champions on Tuesday, um, so oh, yeah, sort of John Morelli points right. It's four points to guarantee it, but it could be done on Tuesday. Um, mm. Let's talk about Burnley for a minute, mate. We don't watch them every week, so I'm not going to pretend I know everything about them. But they are an excellent team. They are. They will. They are going to go down as one of the best teams of the, of the championship era uh, and the second tier era. Um, obviously, they can't break the record, but they can. They can equal it. And you wouldn't put it past Burnley to equal the record, to be honest with you, without their, without their seasons gone. Um, they they've not gone consecutive games without winning since October, um, which is pretty frightening as well. Um, but we took it. We took it to their place, and we took the game to them at their place. So respect, yes. But we shouldn't be scared because we've shown that we can and maybe should get something from them this season. Well, my I would argue we show them no respect. You just go at them. We cause them all sorts of problems. Cohen Bramwell particularly caused them all sorts of issues down that left-hand side. Um, we were excellent in that game. We pressed them to death, um, which is which would appear to be something that they're they're not particularly or weren't particularly used to it at that time, whether other teams mm. have done it since then and been been had any sort of any sort of success or whether teams are just setting up just to not get beat by seven by them, I don't know. Um but they certainly couldn't handle the press particularly well when we when we played at their place. Yeah. Um so that for me that that's that's the obvious way to go and, and get at them. I know I've said that earlier on and I, and I know it's the it's the style of play that I prefer us to play but um, against teams like this and I keep saying it and I know the champions or they will be champions and they're going to be Premier League play, Premier League club next year the players that they've got are still top end championship low end Premier League players mid, mid maybe mid table Premier League players they ain't Man City they ain't Arsenal so uh, if they're pressed they are going to make mistakes mm. so let's get in at them Let's get at them. I mean, they, yeah, they're a good side. There's no doubt about it. They won't be top and, and top by so far if they weren't. But, you know, they, they will have their Achilles heel. Um, and looking back at the game that we've the only one, the only point of reference I've got really is the game that we played against them. That Achilles heel is is is, is getting in the faces and pressing them. Mm. I'm banging that same drum again, aren't I? I'm really boring. Right. Maybe you should get somebody else on. We tried. We tried. Mike <laughs> <laughs> uh, Matt the Miller says that Tele came off on fifty after fifty minutes hamstring strain, big down for Tuesday. Yeah, um, mm. John Rell says they will just play Benson instead. Mm. Which is yes, and Hedges comes on later on. Um, Kim Haywood, so they can't be champions. Yeah, they can. Kind of they they need they need all the help from others. Um, 
yeah, Borough tried to press them. That worked. Yeah. Look, we've we've got to catch them on an off day. Let, let's put not not an off day, but not at hundred percent, and we can win. But we have to catch them not hundred percent. We have to hope that now that the record can't be got, Danny, they are going to be champions. It's not. I know the professionals are going to w- want to work towards it, but they're going to be champions. That's that's almost sewn up. We've got to sort of hope that their mind is on the beach, for better word. They're going to want as many points as possible, and I am worried that they are a bit machine like. Um, but there's no reason to think why they why they might just be thinking, well, season's over now, basically, and it is. Yeah, um, I mean, Reading did well to hold them to that yeah, nil nil, um, and that, funnily enough, that was the game after there was it was that the game after there was conf- it was confirmed they were getting promoted. No, uh, they beat Sheffield United the game after. Ah, okay. Well, th- okay, so they got they got promoted, then beat the closest rival, and then had the. Yeah. Quote unquote off day against Reading, fair enough. Um, but yeah, like we said, they now mathematically can't beat the record, so I wonder if that then plays on the mind. You know, they set that next target and they didn't have chance, they've not had a chance to match it now. Apologies, mm. uh, apologies for the background. <laughs> the dog has just gone outside and he's just come in. Um, is it Finn, what, what, does, uh, what does your dog think of Burnley? Um, I don't think I can repeat it live on air. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they might turn up and have an off day, but you also have to consider that they've drawn nil nil away at Reading and now they're coming to Rotherham and they're looking now for a response to mm. that nil nil at the same time. So it's a bit mm, I mean, I I just don't get a draw. That's best that is best result <clears throat> for us, but it does have a certain demeanour about Sunderland to it. You know, Sunderland came to us and we all thought draw could be best result. And we really gave the game to Sunderland. And I think it could be, you know, shackles off. They're going up. They're effectively champions anyway. So it could be a shackles off performance from us. And like Mick says, and we take the game to him. Or we could get battered 4-0. Mm. We'll have to wait and see. <laughs> John Rell says, if they were on the beach, I think we may have, we have seen that by now. Um, Mike Miller says, if he, if we win on Tuesday, he'll, he'll eat his cat's breakfast on Wednesday. <laughs> Oh, it's all right. It's all right saying that his cat has a bit butty for breakfast every morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Jamie thinks personally, I don't see company will let them have an off day. No, I think that's part of it. If no. You, if you come from Man City and you're part of that successful Man City team, they don't do off days. You know, there is no end to the season, really, is there? Until the final game closes, I suspect he's going to at least try and bring that mentality across. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. You're going to wonder how they react to the Reading game. I wonder if how hard it will hurt them not being able to get the record now. One of it almost felt like a loss because it, it took that opportunity away, maybe. So it could be on a, on a maybe of a little bit of a downer. But they drew to Blackpool away, nil-nil. They drew to Reading away, nil-nil. There, there are a couple of teams in there, Mick, that all right, they didn't lose the games, mm-hmm. but they had 20-something shots against both teams. You're talking 40-odd shots against these two average teams, poor teams, and they mm-hmm. couldn't score. Um, so it's... There is a fallibility in them. Yeah, there is. There is because the championship players, you know, and, and I keep I keep saying it, but they, 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 they'll get at them also. We've got to get at them. Mm. Uh, that's it, really. You know, um, the chances are they'll 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 do the double of us over us. Um, be the first team of the season, I think, will it? To do the double of us. You know we've got to go. We've got to give it a good go. We've got to go for it. That's my view. Okay. Um, 
John Morrell knew the word of warning, played them in a good bit of form. We pressed them and we were 3 0 down at half time. Oh, you said that, John. You're, you're not the way, you don't press like we press. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, it's an interesting idea. Just completely abandon the press and everyone just stand on the goal line and see what happens. Mm. We did that on Saturday. Happen? What happened? I don't point. Right. Score predictions. This could be fun. Danny, start us off. How are we going to do with um, champions elect? I'm not on mute. I'm just thinking. Um, <laughs> you know what? I reckon there could be a surprise on Tuesday. Nil-nil? No. I reckon, and, and you'll call me completely back crazy saying this, I mm. think there's going to be a sneaky 1-0 for Rotherham in this. I just thought you were going to say 3-0 Rotherham then. Good oh, grief, wow. no. I'm not, I'm not completely crazy. I just <laughs> think we could just sneak it. Mm. So, by hook or by crook, we'll sneak it somehow, I think. Fair enough. Mick? Uh, well, I thought Daniel was going to say, I think, yeah, I thought you were thinking how many we were going to concede. <laughs> it's, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because defensively, we've been very, very good. Very good. Um, and we've got uh, Josh Vickers in goal as well. But, so, he, he was, was complimenting, like, doing exactly what Victor did before him. So, you know... <sighs> I still think we're going to lose. I still think we'll lose, and I think it'll be two 0 I don't see as I don't. I I feel that because of the the pattern of uh, performances from Rotherham United, we're going to have another one of the sit back and and let's soak it all up kind of performances. Yes. I think we do at least another two of them before we 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 kick on again. So um, I'm going to go. I'm, what did I say? Two 0 Two 0 Yeah, yeah. I'll stick with that. Fair enough. Yeah, but I'm on this one. Just to add a bit of confusion into the mix, lads. Um, looking at Taylor's like shot um, shots to shots on target um, to result ratio since he got his squad finalised from February. Mm. Um, Rotham's form has been uh, draw, draw, loss, loss, win, draw, win, loss, loss, draw, win, draw, loss. So the numbers say. We could be due a second loss, right? Yeah. And the, all the games we've lost, bar the whole game, um, was when we had one or none shots on target. So you How just... can you go through a full game without having a single shot on target? I can't get that. How does that work? <laughs> How is that possible? So many times. I don't the know. whole point of the game is to... Kick the ball or head the ball on target for ninety minutes. It is, it is <laughs> worth mentioning as well that um, the Reading game one shot on target, thirteen shots total. Coventry eleven shots total, one shot on target. Birmingham away thirteen at goal, one on target. Preston six on uh, six at goal, one on target. Hull four at goal, none on target. Luton four at goal, none on target. And the one standout to that is West Brom, 23 at goal, 10 on target. Score some goals. Um, there you go. I will... My prediction is going to be nil-nil. I keep tossing on turning whether we're going to pull up a shot result. You know, Tuesday night, probably a full stadium, New York, under the lights. You know, it sometimes yeah. has that feel about it, doesn't it? I know mm. if you take away the aura of Burnley, it's just one of... It could be one of those nights that sends us safe. Uh it could also be a 4-0 drubbing. 
that puts us deep in the mire when Reading and QPR win. We'll have to wait and see. Um, it's going to be interesting. It could be, could be tough. Harry says 3-0 to the Millers. Harvey Kelly says 0-0. Michael Connell says 4-1 to them. John S says 5-0 to Burnley. Phil says 3-0 to them, one shot on target. Jamie goes 1-0 to the Millers. John Rell says 3-0. Sorry, but Burnley want to rip our heads off as they have a chance of being champions. Steve Grundy says 3-1 to the Miller, uh, to, to Burnley. Sorry, Matt Lewis says 3-0 to them. Nicholas Skidmore says 2 or 3-1 to Burnley. Matt Squire says 3-0 to Burnley. Carol <laughs> says 4-0 to Burnley. There's a 2-1 to Burnley. The last time we weren't this confident about a game was going to Sheffield United, where we Ooh. just lost 3-2 to Burnley. They just battered Burnley 5-2. Yes. And then we went and pulled off a result. True. And like I said, he's got a weird feel about this game, where the writing's yeah. on the wall, where Burnley are going to come here and absolutely paste us, because they're the team that um, needs to win regardless to be champions. So they've got that to think about. They need to improve on a result to another relegation-threatened team. There's that to think about. Um but there's just something about it. Like you say, it's a Tuesday night. It has a weird feel of Sheffield United away and Sunderland at home about it. I don't know what it is. And that's where my 1-0 somehow mindset comes from. Clutching, Danny. You're clutching at straws. Yeah. I had a feeling about Luton on Saturday and then the game plan fell apart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Kimmy Hope mentions this around Billy Wright. Billy Wright's, got, Billy Wright's come back for, for rehab at Sunderland, but he's come back every game to support the team, which is brilliant of him. I think that's yeah, brilliant. that's good. Uh, troop travels almost right. I saw him in Tesco's yesterday. He says he just needs to meet Mick now to top. No, you don't. You don't, you don't need to do that. <laughs> that's um, a, it'll be a disappointment. It always is for me. <laughs> it is. I can take a yeah. promise you. Um, yeah, I think we are done. Uh, I wanted to give another mention to the 74th minute applause if you could all support on Tuesday for Kev Johnson's dad, Dave, who's had passed away. Um, please, we'll put something out. Uh, you know, I've sent a lot of stuff on social media already, as it is. So please share that and get that. Um, if you're Burnley fans watching, get that spread out around your guys a lot as well. Um, that'd be lovely. Anything else you two need to mention, talk about? We've gone an hour and twelve minutes into this, so yeah, okay, mm. okay, that's fine. Uh, please do subscribe to YouTube channel nine four five nine five four. I think the instant reactions seem as popular as ever, so please do check that out if you haven't already. Come, make subscribe. We need some subscribers. Forty six subscribers is absolutely vital. We get only forty six. Is it only? Is it only forty six? Don't listen to Danny. I know Danny's trying to talk. Don't listen to him. Don't listen to anything that he's saying. Any relatives, cousins, aunties, next door neighbours, cat, whoever it is, subscribe. Get us to a thousand because I want to see Danny eating this fish. Oh my god, it is only forty-six. Good grief. <laughs> forty-six, that's all it is. It's going up lovely. Um yeah. Please. We could broadcast it live, literally live on YouTube. That's my idea, yeah, mate. Wonderful. <laughs> Come on, we could. Uh, we could, yeah. Um, you know, we might not because there might be vomit, so we might not. Um, I, don't, I don't mind embarrassing myself on the internet. I do that in person anyway. Yeah. Um, Jamie says, would you start doing instant reactions on away games? That's certainly something we will think about doing from next season. There is logistical issues to that, to be honest with you. That's, that's, the, main pro that's the main reason we haven't done it so far. Um, we are trying to figure a way around that because um, I, 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 the numbers for the, the instant reaction again are well over a thousand for 
two out of three games. So if you haven't seen the instant reaction, check that out. Um, I disowned a child in this particular instant reaction, so it's definitely worth a watch just for that. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I also, I mean, I went to Rotherham Women's today. Unfortunately, they lost four 0 but it was a really good day. I enjoyed it against. A couple of times I've been, they, they should ban me because they've conceded four and five goals every time I've been. Um, <laughs> so they had to ban me from going, but it was really good. Uh, no, there's no, it's it was really good football to be honest with you. Um, so I, they've got one more game left, one more home game. I don't know when that is yet. I think we're waiting to arrange that. So get get down and support the women. And also, this is a plug for us, but Georgia Ward in the goal, who we sponsor, was excellent. She had a, such a good game in goal. So couldn't see the four, but she was looking stunning saves. Um, so well done to well, well done to her. Um, unfortunately, not the right result. Um, but there we go. Any, anything else? No. Okay. No. John, what else? How many subscribers do we need? He might log on to one of the exchange servers in the morning and make a few email accounts to use. Forty-six, John. Forty-six, John. <laughs> might have gone up now. Um, <laughs> but all, all I'm saying is, we need a thousand subscribers before full time. Um, of the Wigan game, okay. a thousand before full time of the Wigan game. Regardless of where Rotherham are um, <clears throat> at that point in the season, I will check as the added time board goes up, and we'll keep refreshing it for as long as we've got added time for. Fair enough. Thank you, everybody. Please do as I've mentioned. If you're listening on iTunes or Spotify, please do subscribe and give us a five star rating. If you do as well, the instant reaction for Burnley will be up late Tuesday night, early Wednesday morning. So check that out. You'll see just three grown men cry outside the north. Side of the <laughs> um, you never and, know. And then, uh, then we've got the, obviously the, the, they will be back Thursday evening for the uh, for the YouTube show eight o'clock on Thursday, and then we've got Bristol City to look forward to. Yeah. Um, business end. Five games left for Rotherham United. We, we we are close to survival. We're closest to achieving something we haven't achieved for ten years or whatever it whatever it has been. It feels like forever. Uh, so get behind the millers. If they're on Tuesday, make a bucket load of noise because I know Burnley will. So make a bucket load of noise. Get behind the millers and also buy a Wigan ticket. You know, if you haven't got one, buy a ticket. Let's have a party on the in, in early May. Um, I think we've sold about a thousand for Wigan so far, which is great. And we're, we're still ages away from it. They're giving four and a half thousand. No reason why we can't take four and a half. Um, hopefully, we'll be safe and we can have a bit of a do. Um, hopefully, there's no nerves. I can't be doing nerves, but we'll see. Um, thank you, everybody. Thank you, Mick. It's been a pleasure to have you with us tonight. Thank you very much. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, Danny, uh, get to Googling what to eat with this Swedish fish. You've got something with it, it'd be nicer. I'm going to see if you can have it on toast because then I might be able to eat it. But <laughs> wait and see. Thank you. Uh, thank you, everybody. We'll see you next time. And up the Millers. Up the Millers. Up the Millers. Millers with it. What's got around the back? And Richie Wood has done it again! The magic man has come up with another trick! Well, there's a chance to seal it! It's done! It's Georgie Kelly! Rotherham United's pathway back to the championship is opening up! Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 